Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. What's going down? I had a little cup of cold brew before I came on and uh, got a brother pastor with me today. And I'll, I'm going to give you over to Pastor Stephen in a second. Uh, give me a shout out, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Uh, any questions, any concerns, anything discussed today? And I'll ask Pastor Steve to give um, his email. So with no further ado, from South Caraway Baptist Church, Pastor Stephen Dew. Stephen, where is that at? That is in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And if you're looking at a map, it's right under the boot hill of Missouri is where we are. I have no idea where that is, but Stephen is a good brother, man. And, you know, it's something when me and Stephen have never seen each other in person, just on the podcast community. But, you know, there's something when you just know you connect with a brother. And, and Stephen's a guy who's uh, he's a smart dude. He really is. And he didn't tell me to say that, so I don't, we don't want to blow his head up. But... He's also on the Christian podcast community, um, and he'll let you know what his podcast is, the church, any prayer concerns, maybe an email. No one passes Steve. We'll probably get into some hot topics, so you may want to. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to give his email, but I'm sure he will. Yeah, Steve, oh yeah. What's going down, brother? Man, not a whole lot. Uh, as mentioned, as you mentioned, I'm a pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, if you're not looking at a map, if you know where Memphis, Tennessee is, I'm about an hour and 15 minutes northwest of Tennessee, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, that is, right under the boot hill of Missouri in the tip top corner of northeast Arkansas. And uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, we met through the Christian podcast community and uh, the theology throwdowns that are have ha been had there. And uh, I do have a podcast, and it is the Doctrine Matters podcast. And uh, where I just talk about all things doctrine, I look at life, culture, community, all those things, and try to drive it through the Bible from a biblical perspective. So uh, I, I do have that podcast. And if you hear anything and you have questions, concerns, uh, as uh, as mentioned already, you can email Pastor Dom there. But uh, I do have an email address as well, and it's Pastor Stephen Dew, all lowercase at gmail.com. And that's Pastor S T E V E N. D-E-W at gmail.com. And uh, I'd be more than happy to communicate and meet some of your listeners, communicate with and meet some of you listeners. Let me say it that way and uh, answer any questions you may have. Yeah, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So how about this? We'll ask them to, we'll ask them to email what accent they like better. How's that? <laughs> there <you go. laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> right um so arkansas is nowhere near brooklyn then right i mean we're... nowhere near brooklyn <laughs> okay. so uh, just before we get to our topic your podcast is called doctrine matters am i right that's right so and just a quick question why is doctrine so important? You know, you hear sometimes, well, we're not about doctrine. I, that kind of always befuddles me. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, I'm, I'm, you know, but doctrine is teaching. I mean, I don't know. So have you ever gotten, you know, 
pushback or ever heard like why is doctrine important absolutely i've heard uh we don't need doctrine we don't need theology we just need the Bible. And, and you know, when people make that statement, they don't understand that the Bible itself contains the teaching that God has for us and theology being the study of God. So you can't really have the Bible without knowing who God is and having theology. And then the teaching uh, that the Bible has in there, the doctrines uh, are true. And it's important for us to know truth. That way, when we are met with things in our life, we we can go to the scriptures and, and look at these doctrines that have been laid out for us in the scriptures and help us with answers to life's biggest questions. And if the answer is not there, uh, the principles are, uh, you know, you're not going to go look and say, should I marry this guy? You're not going to say find a yes or no, but you are going to find principles to let you know, hey, here's what you should look for in a husband or a wife. And here's how you should act as a uh, someone who's dating, or here's how you should act in the world. I mean, doctrine is important for us to understand who God is and what he wants from us as believers. So yeah, I get that all the time. I mean, um, you, I don't, you, you just can't separate theology and doctrine from the Bible itself. And, and like Stephen said, theology is a study of God. I don't know if you know me and Stephen, we, we're starting out with a topic, but we might go, who knows where we we're going to get to. But I was just thinking about, you know, sometimes, and I want to be careful, I'm not pointing anybody out. Um, I'll leave that to Steve. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not pointing anybody out. But I, I think people don't realize that how important exegesis is, right? I mean, I you hear sermons sometimes that really sound good, and, and they really do, but they're not exegetically correct. And now, Stephen, you can correct me on this. And I've said this before, so I don't want to be in error. And I don't think I am, but I, I will I will take a correction from my brother. But I do mention to people when they are not exegetically correct, no matter how good the sermon sounds, there's no power in it, right? I mean, there's no, I mean, it may sound good, but I don't think it could be maybe spirit convicting or spirit leading or um, whatever it might be, or even maybe leading to salvation, which is basically why we preach every Sunday. So how important is good exegesis in your preaching? And is there power in the text when we're using good her uh, exegesis and obviously a hermeneutic and how to bring it into today? Is that a fair question? Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I think what you have to look at right now is our culture in general, and we are, for the most part, and I don't want to throw myself in that, but a lot of people in our world today are looking for the feel-good sermon, right? And and you and I can get behind a pulpit and preach a feel-good sermon. We can cherry-pick text. We can pull different things, whether they mean what it's supposed to mean or not. We can pull text from the scriptures and form a narrative to have good preaching or a feel-good sermon that, I mean, the Bible tells us people are going to look for ear-tickling messages, and you know, and we see that all over. But when you preach exegetically, and, and I believe in preaching through books of the Bible. Now, you can preach exegetically from the story of Joseph, for instance. You can, you can preach and draw out that what God has meant. You can draw out the, everything that God has said, what he is intending for this to mean, 
Uh, you can look at the broader context in these larger stories of the Bible, but you're still preaching through and pulling out each thing as you go, line by line, verse by verse. And when that happens, I believe we are preaching the way God intended because he wants us to see not only the larger narrative, but he wants us to break it down as we look at it. And of course, back in the day, there were no chapter and verses, right? It was just kind of one one long thing. But we in our day have the the chapter and verses. We can break this down as we go through a passage of scripture. We have the larger context and then the, the more immediate context. And I think that it's important as we preach through what God has said, we're we're studying this, right? And I believe that as we as pastors study this, we're convicted of sin. We are, uh, I mean, the, the the power of the Holy Spirit is is just illuminating things in our own lives, and then we are able to preach this with passion. And I, I believe that if you can't preach something that you've already been convicted by by and had. Uh, and have a passion to preach to others, then I think that's going to be a powerless sermon. It may sound good at the, on the surface level, but it's going to do nothing to help the people in the seats that need to be convicted of their sin, need to be um, stirred to uh, repent or, or even be saved, repent and turn to, to Christ in faith. So, uh, yeah, I think that as we preach as exegetically, there is a power there. And uh, it, it it translates into the congregation when we're able to do that. And not only that, we you mentioned doctrine. If we're preaching line by line, verse by verse, we can't leave anything out, right? We come to easier text, but as we go, we come to even more difficult text that we have to deal with and wrestle with. For example, really quickly, uh, I was preaching four years ago through the book of first Peter. And I, I believe it was the second sermon or a second message in, in that sermon series through the book of first Peter. I think the first message was an introduction, kind of who Peter is, who he was as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse one, to those who are elect exiles. Now it would be really easy to flip over that and just kind of read that as an introduction point. But I spent an hour teaching what elect exiles were. And and this is where you can pull scriptures as long as they are in context is from Genesis to Revelation. I was able to pull scripture to show, okay, this is a doctrine of scripture, the doctrine of election. It gets a lot of flack. It gets a lot of pushback. There's a lot of debate. But I believe if you're preaching through, you can't skip over that. And then you can build your case as to why you believe what elect exiles really means from scripture and not from your friend or your neighbor or somebody that, you know, just wants to talk about doctrine, but you can actually let scripture interpret scripture and come to these doctrines and be able to preach these to other people. So that's a long way around to say, I think preaching exegetically gives more power in the pulpit from the Holy spirit, because we've dealt with the text and now we're we're passionately preaching that to the congregation. I think it was Andy Stanley a few years ago that said exegetical preaching is cheating, right? And uh, I would disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, I can't remember the context of him saying that, but it was a a silly statement, yeah, in I my opinion. He, I, I don't even think he. I think he doesn't even preach from the Old Testament. He says we don't need to, but that's a story for another day. We can do <laughs> another show on that. 
Another right. thing too, and again, I, I I hope to get to my for the topic I had in my mind. So I'm I'm preaching through Genesis right now. I think I'm on I think I'm on Genesis 29, and and I've heard a lot of sermons on Genesis because when I go to the gym or something like that, I listen to some people that I think that we would like and things. And I I've been let me use the word trouble, and I'm, I want to be really careful here when I say this. I've been troubled about a lot of the moralistic preaching out of Genesis. And, I, and here's my trouble. I mean, I see Abraham. I know Isaac. I know Jacob. I know they were flawed people. But they were they were not finished products. And I know God is superimposing over whatever Jacob and his fury and his Abraham, Isaac and his passiveness. And Pastor Stephen, I've heard. So, and listen, I... Again, I'm not, I don't mind being reproved. I mean, you know, I'm I'm from New York, so I can handle it a little bit, you know. <laughs> but but I've looked at this text more as a God thing, more than focusing on Jacob, and which is part of the deal for sure, Leah and Rebecca. But I'm looking at it like despite this human frailty, despite all the stuff that's going on um, with Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and letting his wives to God is superimposing this. And all of them, by God's grace, they're growing in the grace and knowledge of who God is. And instead of pounding on why Abraham did this, I say, why does Dominic do this? Why does Stephen do this? And I look at that and I say to myself, man, this is an encouragement because you see what Jacob's doing? Well, I would do 52 times worse. So <laughs> I, this is no, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be and I'm not trying to get a yes or anything, but I've listened to guys that I know that we love, and these sermons about Jacob's a rascal, and and he is, but so is Dominic. And right. thank God that God is kind of superimposing you know, over this stuff and, you know, looking at Rebecca and Leah, you know, Leah's having a child and, you know, the first few children you have, she wants to impress her husband. Then she finally gives birth to Judah and, and she says, now I'm going to praise the Lord. And every time Rebecca has the two children, it's all about Rebecca, but we know that, but God is still working. I'm going to, I spoke too much. Go ahead. No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I think we, we, we have a, a bad habit of, Kind of like you said, look at that rascal, you know, how could he do this? How could he do that? Or how could she do this or do that? I can't understand this. Well, if, if we do that, then we don't understand ourselves, like you said, right? Because we should look at ourselves on a daily basis and, and say, how could I do that? <laughs> you know, because I think that a lot of people have made the Bible about men and about themselves, but the Bible is about God and the redemption of his people. And, and like you said, and like you said, these these men and women in the scriptures are, yeah, they're some rascals, but they also do some some good things, right? So they're kind of the ebbs and flows of life, just like we see. There's times of there's there's times of sin, there's times of of of, of great spiritual valor, if you will, where where we seem to be trusting the Lord and following the Lord in obedience to to the scriptures, and um, but but when we get down to it. Especially when we look at the genealogy of Christ, we see these names come back a Amen. lot of them. Amen. That's a good you know, point. And, and we see 
that those rascals are in the line of Christ. And God used these people for his glory. He used their their failures for his glory. They, he used their, their good things for, for his glory. And it all worked according to his perfect purpose and will. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that um, it would do us well to not so much dogpile on the, the characters of Scripture, <laughs> but really start looking inward to ourselves and, and let these people and their lives be an example to us. Because we need to see, oh, man, look what David did. You know, it's been said that because it's, you know, the time of day that the bath water would have been warm enough for a bath. And he knew exactly what he was doing when he went on the roof. He knew exactly what he would see. Um, And we're the same way, aren't we? We know what we're doing when we give in to some sort of sin. We know what what we're doing. We're not foolish. Now, there's times where we sin and really don't realize we've sinned until someone calls us on it. But I mean, we look at David and say, well, how could he do this? And then we look at us and say, well, you know what? I've done the same thing. Hey, Stephen, when I was in prison, I got, before I got saved or I was in prison, I got in some trouble in prison, but uh, imagine you get, you, I used to go to the hole, you get, you can be in prison and still get in more trouble and then go to like solitary <laughs> confinement, which wasn't bad. I mean, you still, they give you a property and things, but there was a captain. This dude was um, like six, seven, and he would walk around and, you know, you'd be in the hole. You'd be there for some violation or something like that. And I remember he would he would go up to the cell. And these dudes, I mean, you can hear excuses. You know, the guy might have got caught with some contraband. And he's saying, Captain, um, he says, you know, I don't know how that thing got under my pillow. And the captain would say, you know what you did. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, we know what we do, right? I mean, it's like, you know, so I, I was, I don't know where my mind goes with that. We're already almost 20 minutes into the show and we never wow. got this topic. So you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have to come back for another half hour if I get into this topic. So we might as well finish up with, with doctrine for a little bit because that's, Steve's podcast is is Doctrine Matters. And that's how we, you know, you click that word for me. And I, I think, and, and I think that it's hard because, you know, I heard a, a sermon one time. This was, I, I like little pun things. I remember, you know, the Bible says that we're jars of clay, right? This So this one guy says, he says, we're like buckets of mud, right? I mean, that's what we're <laughs> So I kind of use that once in a while in the uh, another thing, how about this? How about this? I'm a stickler, and I, I maybe to, um, I don't know about to a fault, but I'm a stickler that if I hear something from Pastor Stephen, let's just say he wrote a commentary, and I'm reading a commentary that, that Stephen Dew wrote on Exodus. I really believe, I don't know where my mind is going with this, Stephen, don't charge me. I, I told you, if I'm thinking Brooklyn is near Arkansas, you know, But I think it's really important that when you're preaching a sermon, that if you get, and I, we all have good commentaries. I think it's really important that when you are reading a commentary, that you make sure that you give that man credit when you're preaching and teaching. Now, I don't care. I I mean, I'm, I don't care if, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, take a whole chapter and preach it. But how important is that for a pastor? Even if you say, listen, 
another man said this, but I like to give people credit when I am preaching a sermon and and from the commentaries, I learn I can learn stuff that I can kind of piggyback off the off um fair assessment. Absolutely. I think if uh I know that you and I have talked offline about the SBC just briefly, but um, you know, a couple of years ago there was the whole plagiarism deal with the president of the SBC of plagiarizing oh, right, right, sermons. Yeah, yeah. Litton, yeah. And Litton. uh yeah, Ed Litton. And um we can find ourselves in that same area of plagiarizing if we're not careful. We could preach another man's commentary and never give him credit. Well, that's the same thing. So I think that what you said is take an idea from somebody and then build up on that with our own thoughts and our own passages of Scripture. And like you said, whenever we quote someone from a commentary or or whether it be, you know, an old old dead guy, <laughs> to say, it, you know, <laughs> lack of better words, whether it be just a, a quote from Martin Luther or, or even R.C. Sproul or someone like that, I believe it's important to give them credit which, you know, a lot of times a quote they may have heard from someone else, but at least where we got it from, we quote that because if we don't, here's a problem. Not only the plagiarism thing is we run the risk of other people thinking we are way smarter than we are. <laughs> Good point. And, and it almost builds this complex about us that where people are thinking, wow, that's, that's a smart guy right there. Uh, everything he says sounds like he's been – studying the Bible for, you know, 22 hours a day and only sleeping for two hours. And uh, I, I don't want to run into that because I know I am from, I'm originally from Mississippi and living here in Arkansas now. So either way, I'm a Southern boy and I am not that smart. And I need help from men that have gone on and, and, and plowed before. Uh, and I want to give them credit because uh, I believe it's I believe it's honoring to that person, and the Bible tells us to outdo one another with honor and zeal. And I think it's important to 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 give them credit so we don't puff ourselves up and fall into the plagiarism trap. Okay, we got. Um, I'll put you on a little spot. We got you. only got. I'm going to put you on the spot for like a minute and thirty seconds. <laughs> um, give me two book recommendations for the audience that they can read. Give me one commentary and one book recommendation. How's that? <laughs> I, I happen to have a commentary right here. It's uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, I'm preaching. My church is preaching through the book of Ephesians right now. This is from a series called Reformed Expository Commentary. They're going to take it verse by verse, line by line, this is a, a one book out of, and they've got many books of the Bible, but I, I really love the Reformed Expository Commentary. Inside, it reads almost like a book, but they're unpacking oh, yeah. the scriptures. I have, I think I have a, you, what do you have, Ephesians? I do, Ephesians. I think, let me see it, Steve. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, right. I think I have it too, right? Is that, I think that's it, right? That's it, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, we got a minute. Yeah, those are good those commentaries are well done because it's almost like you said a book, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and but and there's and there's good application in there too that they give you a couple of good applications. But anyway, listen, we're out of time and we never got to our topics. Stephen, can you come on? For, I promise I'll get to the topic on the other <laughs> side. Um, Absolutely, I'd be glad to come be back. Another, Oh, great. 
Okay, Street Talk Theology. Pastor Dominic Romaldi, we take theology and bring it to the streets. May the Lord bless and keep all of you. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.